Welcome tonight to the Joe and Joe Weather Show. Joe Rayo to my left. I'm Joe Chaffee. And a heartfelt, deepest, and sincere congratulations to Mr. Rayo, who I think sometime at around 3.30 or 4 o'clock this afternoon, you surpassed the 1,000 mark on YouTube. And what does it all mean? Oh, it means, <laughs> well, it means, it means something. <laughs> it means something. It means something. A little, it's, of little, of little import overall, but. Well, in the scheme of the things. Zeros, the zero, zero, zeros, which pretty much. Is it, is it still sitting at zero, zero, zero? I haven't looked. Huh? Is it sitting at 1,000? I haven't looked either. Because if, uh, if it's at one thousand, because if it's at one thousand, Scott Briller and uh, all right. No, because if it's at one thousand, I'll go there right now and unsubscribe and <laughs> <laughs> take you down to nine ninety nine. It'll be like like that movie, Mister Three Thousand, where the guy came up. He thought he had three thousand hits, and he had actually three three less than three thousand. Oh, good lord! How'd they miscount that? It, it was a. And, and in fact, the the actor who was it? Not Chris Rock. It was an African American actor, comedian, and he passed away right after that movie. So, I forgot who it was. But uh, any case, off subject. Off I'm, subject. I'm still, I'm still annoyed about the fact, Joe, that here we sat 24 hours ago and never even dreamed that 24 hours later there was potential tornadic activity in. Oh, good lord! I actually I saved the radar. From that, while we were doing the show last night, I was we were going around the radar. Pointed out that I was pointing out that area that was in Kentucky and West Virginia and moving east northeast, and it looked, you know, it, it, it looked somewhat impressive. But I I never imagined it was going to do what it did uh, this morning. I don't think anybody did. No. 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 Even this morning, I, I looked on the uh, and that includes the prediction, the, nor the storm prediction site, and uh, they didn't even have anybody in marginal. Really? Uh, severe. Well, they wound up with a tornado warning. Yep. It was, and I think two severe thunderstorm warnings that I saw, and um, and a tornado warning. I, and in fact, uh, I did happen to see a few pictures of it uh, of of uh, what looked like a tornado. Uh, I don't know if it touched down, but certainly from the the. Uh, the the uh, sky shot it it, it it looked like it. Uh, I'll wait to see what uh, Mount Holly says about this tomorrow, whether they confirm it or not. Uh, big hat tip to Timothy Veltman, by the way, uh, pointing out something that we're going to take a look at, Joe, right at the top of this show, and that is, uh, well, you remember uh, Tropical Storm Kyle, of course, right? Well, um, Tropical Storm Kyle uh, underwent a transition. Uh, and uh, became a extra tropical storm, and it actually has become rather quite a powerhouse of a, of an extra tropical storm. And uh, it is Storm Ellen in uh, Ireland and for England and Scotland. And they actually have the uh, they had the red alert up for Cork County in Ireland tonight. I think it expires at midnight. Uh, but uh, storm's pretty impressive, so I, I managed to find a. It's so hard to find European satellite loops. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, I, 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 you know, big kudos to uh, the U.S. Weather Service with GOES. You just go to one site; they're all there. I had to hunt around uh, for quite a while, and who's got who's whose uh, site says you're not allowed to use it? Whose site says you can't put it on the air? You got to get permission and all the rest of it. Um, but we were going to give, uh, I, I got a, a shot on El Dorado weather, which I've used before and a special thank you to them, uh, uh for this, uh, I will, I'm going to bring it up right now and here it is. So hang on one second, folks. So this is now storm Ellen, which was tropical storm, uh, Kyle, which formed off the New Jersey coast and, uh, it's really a wrapped up, very impressive looking here on the uh, on the satellite loop. Uh, these uh, f frames are. I'm trying to see what the time on this is, time wise, because I know on one of the sites they look like oh they're three hours apart, but uh, that's th that has got uh, quite the satellite signature there. Uh, they've been getting heavy rains and 
very strong winds on the south coast of Ireland, and this is going to impact uh, Ireland and England over the next couple of days. I brought up the GFS, which I haven't really done much European weather for quite a while, but uh, this is a really wrapped up low. It's a 975-ish low uh, sitting right over Ireland as of 0Z, <clears throat> so in another 54 minutes. And it's rotating around because there's uh, another low that forms probably out, uh, you know, out to the east. And then that swings in uh, for uh, tomorrow night. So they've got a long way to go. This, the first arm is now through or going through. And then they get a little bit of a break. And then a second low develops here and comes up for tomorrow. So they're, 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 they're going to get pounded with the coastal flooding and and, and uh, heavy rains and strong winds. Let's see the GFS wind profile here, the 10-meter wind. I mean, yeah, you got to think about the, you know, we see stuff coming off of Africa, and it moves westward, and we, we get concerned here in our part of the country. And this is kind of like a kind of like a, a ping-pong game, if you will, because this thing, as we know, Joe, developed off of our, virtually off our own shorelines. Right, off, off the Jersey, of Jersey coast. And this thing went the other way to the to the east. Right. And uh, I don't think it happens very often that you know the folks in the United Kingdom have to worry about any kind of activity. Well, actually, during the winter time, our nor'easters really give give them a you know quite a beating, um, especially in a particularly active winter. But in the summertime, this doesn't this is something that doesn't happen all that often. No, the GFS, by the way, has got forty to fifty knot sustained winds uh, going on. This evening on the south coast and on the west coast of uh, of Ireland, and then as I said, that low lifts up and around, and then another low forms on the base of this and comes in for tomorrow. Now that one brings uh, the strongest winds more to the east uh, into western to into Wales and into uh, what is that? It's the Irish Sea in between, correct? Right, and right. Uh, then that. Uh, rotates around and then eventually it does finally lift up to the northeast so this is a long duration storm for them uh with the, this one two punch of of this uh of the system i'm just gonna i want to also bring up the upper air here and there we go of course let's give thanks to tropical tidbits for all the wonderful maps that he has and, and that we can actually look at this look how wrapped up this upper feature is this is pretty deep for for uh, August, and up it goes, and then finally uh, it goes up into the uh, Arctic regions and beyond, uh, and and disappears. So, quite a f interesting action there from uh, what was Kyle. And now let's go back home. I'm going to clean up my screen here just to get rid of a close a few windows so I don't it doesn't get stuck. Um, Hang on a if second. I re, if I recall, when we had a we had a Kyle, I think about twenty years ago, that lasted something like twenty five days or something, and took all kinds of a crazy type path uh, near and along the eastern seaboard. So this particular name, I don't know, has something going for it in terms of uh, unusual tropical activity. Yeah, I don't think they're going to they're going uh, to retire it, but. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's been interesting, nonetheless. Here's uh, here's the Mount Holly radar from this morning, Joe, when that tornado warning went up in, in Monmouth County. In fact, uh, you see the red box, and then you see the bigger yellow box with the severe thunderstorm <coughs> and marine warning. I I was really, I mean, this was a pretty decent upper trough that was was swinging on through. I I, I could kind of. You know, look, go, going back to yesterday and looking at what's going on, you know, maybe we could have thrown in a couple of showers. But I never would have imagined, even even from that respect, uh, that uh, we were going to wind up with the uh, severe weather, not just here, but also some strong thunderstorms down in southern New Jersey and Delaware Bay and parts of southern Delaware. Um, and it took all morning for most of this to move on out. Finally, we got the sun to break out around uh, 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon over here. Did you get any rain out of this? Nothing. We got some very ominous looking skies uh, around nine, 10 o'clock this morning. I got to tell you, I, my, along with all of your updates um, on my wife's iPad, she also has uh, something from, uh, I think, an AccuWeather app. And the, uh, I, I took a brief look this morning. 
I said, what are they talking about? Tornadoes, thunderstorms, uh, warning, this and that. I said, what are they? I mean, you and I, you know, 12 hours earlier, we, we didn't see anything like that. I don't think anybody saw anything like this. And I took a quick look at the radar. I said, oh, my God, which only goes to prove, ladies and gentlemen, here we are 20 uh, some odd years into the 21st century. And you could still have a Gomer Pyle moment. And you still have the surprise, surprise, surprise moment. And this was one of them this morning. Yeah, Scott Briller told him and messaged me saying that he was about 10 miles from where the, you know, outside of that tornado zone, the, the uh, tornado warning zone. So as I said, we'll just wait to see if Mount Holly confirms that there was an actual funnel. I, I didn't save... Um, I didn't save the actual warning, the uh, the written warning, to see if it was done because the radar showed it, or whether they had had a, a, a report of a tornado, or both. So we'll we'll wait to see what comes out of it from from uh, from uh, the Mount Holly folks. All right. So in the meantime, of course, we uh, we have the tropics uh, to look at, and I brought I, I uh, put, bring up a few things here. Uh, first off, uh, let's Go to uh, Genevieve. We'll go to Hurricane Genevieve on the Pacific side. Now, this is weakened a little bit. The eye has filled in, but still uh, somewhat impressive. And uh, it's also taken a track a little bit further to the right. So it's kind of going to come very, very close to the southern tip of, of, uh, of uh, the Baja Peninsula as it moves on uh, northwestward. And I'm wondering, Joe, if eventually some of this moisture is going to wind up getting into Southern California uh, as, as it rides up the coast. Well, I tell you, they need something. They, California is just like, especially in the northern part of California, they're just burning up out there. Yeah. They the, can use anything right now. The, the upper ridge <clears> of the heat wave in the west is flattening out a little bit so that the northern part areas up in Oregon and Washington are not uh, at the extremes that they were uh, a day or two ago, uh, but there's still a large part of uh, California and, and Arizona uh, in, in the uh, land of 100 degree plus. But uh, Genevieve uh, bringing uh, bands of rain onto the coast. We'll, uh, we'll take a look at the Hurricane Center's forecast here uh, with respect to that. And on their forecast, as of 3 p.m., where they have the top winds now down to 90 miles an hour. It's north of 20 degrees north latitude, so whenever that happens, you know, that's where the basically the line is where the cooler water starts. And it's going to be a close pass, probably about 60 or 70 miles, staying offshore and kind of going more northwest as opposed to north-northwest over time. So it does move out pretty far uh, out to the west of uh, west southwest of San Diego as a tropical depression, but with, with uh, uh, one way or another, some of that moisture is probably going to wind up fanning up to the northeast and getting up into Southern California uh, later on. Uh, this is probably for we're talking about over the weekend and into the first part of, of next week. And we'll uh, uh, we'll I'll bring the GFS up again. We'll take a look at uh, what that has uh, for. For those folks, we'll take a little, we'll put the Western U.S. on. And there's the upper high that is sitting right here. There's your upper high. So that ridge is not quite as pumped up as it was, uh, getting a little bit more of a flow from the Pacific now uh, into the Northwest. And over the next couple of days, the ridge just kind of holds its own over Arizona. Uh, you see here... Uh, this is Genevieve, and gradually that ridge just oh, just kind of holds through the whole period. It, it edges maybe a little bit further to the northeast as we move into next week. So if there's any residual moisture, it'll probably come around on the back side of, of this uh, of the high here. Uh, as the high moves uh, eastward, some of that moisture is probably going to start fanning out uh, to the northeast. So that'll that'll be at least a plus. Uh, with the ridge moving further to the east, it'll lessen the impact of the heat. And uh, unfortunately, if it brings in moisture, Joe, that means hot and humid weather for those folks. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, for them, it, but their version of hot and humid would probably be hot, uh, hot or, or dry, dry heat for us. Uh, you know, if the, the, they ever saw dew point temperatures, you know, even approach 50 out there. That to them is like, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, that's uh, a tough sell. Everything is all relative. 
That it is. All right. Let me close another window just to keep things going. I've got all these, all the stuff that I say from beforehand before we start the show. And I got so many windows open. I can't, I can't always see what each window is. So I have to go and pull labels down. But we're going to start off the African coast and move our way westward. And this is also on tropicaltidbits.com. Thank you, Levi Cowan. Uh, for, for, for this wonderful site, uh, we um, uh, this satellite view is uh, you can see where Africa is, and of course on the far on the far left you see the strong the strong tropical wave that's been west of the Cabo Verde Islands and moving westward. Now the wave coming off the African coast is pretty strong but disorganized. The wave to the left, Joe, there's this big cluster of convection on the northwest side, and then there's convection that's trying to come around from the south. It's got that signature that there's some, there is a low there. There is, there is an elongated low. It just still hasn't quite tightened up enough for them to uh, make it a tropical depression. Well, you know, Joe, looking at the, uh, the 12 Z models this morning, it seemed to me like the GFS was putting far more emphasis on the system that's now coming off of Africa. Uh, that, uh, by you know mid or late week next week, that that you know could very well be a potential troublemaker for somebody along the eastern seaboard. Although I think toward the end, the last few, the last few are uh, you know hours of uh, the and I'm you know talking about like beyond ten days or whatever. All right. It was it was kind of suggesting that it might curl away or curve away from the eastern seaboard. But of the three that's out there right now, the one that's off of Africa. At least on the uh, you know the long term with the GFS, that one off of Africa seems to be the most potent or most robust. Uh, the other two, the GFS didn't seem to want to do much of anything. Well, I have a theory about that. Um, and <clears throat> well, for one thing, uh, the wave in the Caribbean, uh, which still isn't really organized, uh, we are starting to see convection. It has been increasing some during the day. I'm going to be curious to see what it gets to the Northwest Gulf, what it does. I was looking at the upper air outflow in the Gulf of Mexico for later in the weekend and early next week. And there's a deep upper trough that's, I mean, talking way up in the atmosphere. There is going to be a deep trough in the Western Gulf of Mexico. And I'm I, looking at it, uh, it, it seems to me that it does show a pretty good outflow setup for this once it gets into the Northwest Gulf. So it'll be, I'm, I'm sorry, the Northwest Caribbean. So I'm going to be curious to see whether this thing fires up more than what mo the models are, the, the, some of the models are showing. Now, the other thing is the wave in the middle, which I, right now I think is the most well-developed of the three. Uh, you know, there's definitely a circulation here. I think one of the issues at the moment is the fact that there's probably the thing is so large. If you look at the circulation and the clouds up to the north, I mean this thing really is spread out over a very large area. So I think that's part of the issue here. You got it's almost too big, where it needs to tighten up. But I think the reason why the GFS is the the GFS and the uh, a few of the other models, if you follow the track along for what represents this, they take this thing right over all the big islands in the greater in uh, in the greater antilles I mean, it literally moves over the representative low moves right over puerto rico right over the dominican republic and across the dominican republic the long way and over the entire island of cuba so i think it's the land track that the models that some of these models are showing i mean here's the for example here's the spaghetti plots I mean, all but two of the spaghetti plot models take it right over all those big islands. I think that's the reason why you're not seeing that. I think that's the reason why the GFS and the European are not really developing this, even though you can find an identifiable feature moving along, because, you know, it, it basically gets ripped apart by, by the mountainous terrain of the, the entire stretch there. Yes, I, and, and you're absolutely right. Look at, look at that. It, ta it takes a track. <laughs> Over Puerto Rico, then it goes over uh, uh, the uh, Hispaniola, mm -hmm. and then continues on that east-northeast track through Cuba. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like what? What possibly? It can't really gain. If it does that, it can't gain really a foothold in terms of any significant energy if it keeps going over islands and 
keeps getting ripped up and yeah. kind of reformed. Uh, I, I think that's the reason why we're seeing that the models aren't able to do very much with that is because of the track. Now, I want to show you the, one of the models that actually has a, a track a bit further to the north. And we'll take it, uh, I'll use this view. First of all, we've got the new GFS, which I haven't even looked at yet. So let's take a let's let's look at that first and see what what it does. So we're out at hour 120 uh, at this point. So here's your um, your Caribbean system at this point is in the west in the southwest Gulf of Mexico, and this I think this little rise up is your um, the, the wave in the Central Atlantic. And let me get rid of this. I'm trying to find my mouse. There it goes. So as we move it along, all you can really follow is that hump on the isobars that moves uh, northwestward. So it really doesn't do much of anything with both those systems. But then take a look at the icon with this. Well, there's a lot of tropical moisture that comes up in the southeast. If you look at the icon, uh, the icon model has the track furthest to the north of all the models. Just have to give this a moment to load. So the icon actually misses all those islands. It goes north of the leewards, north of Puerto Rico. And now, of course, at the same time, it develops the thing in the northwest uh, Gulf. And then that rides it northward. And there you have it here. Now, this only goes out to 120 hours. But you have a uh, a low. You have one uh, system in the Bahamas moving through the Florida states. The other one's approaching New Orleans. So I don't know, Joe. It, it, it's it's. I looked at the upper air through all of this on the models. I, I mean, to me, it you could the upper air conditions do look favorable for development. There's not a whole lot of wind shear going on, and uh, again, in the in the Gulf. If, uh, I'll bring up the Gulf, the wind shear view on the Gulf. And where is it? Is it on this one? Yeah, 250 wind shear. So if you take a look at this, I mean, there is a... Oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's just it's it, loading these maps sometimes. Everybody's trying to get into them at the same time. And I agree with Rick Rick B on uh, the uh, chat board. See. Yes, you really can't trust the 18Z GFS. And I've always said the intermediate, the 6 and the 18Z progs, are not as trustworthy as the primary. The oh, I'll, I'll switch to the 12. So that's a pretty deep trough that you've got in the Western Gulf at, at uh, up at the uh, uh, 200 uh, 200 millibars I mean, and, crazy deep, Joe, for late late august yeah and i mean that's real that's 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 pretty good outflow there here's where your 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 system is and here's the other one on the 12z which was sitting right over uh it was just it's just coming off the dominican republic so again it's the idea that the models are probably taking it right over those islands that's preventing it from develop uh, that that that's keeping it from uh from developing so I guess I guess at this stage, first things first is we have to see the, 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 whether both systems can organize enough to form a, uh, a tropical depression or a tropical storm. And then from there, uh, we're going to have to see the tracks uh, of both of them, but particularly the one in the central Atlantic, uh, as to whether it, 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 uh, it goes over all those islands or not. And I know that you had a chance to look earlier today, but... Uh... We were talking yesterday about, you know, wow, maybe, you know, we might get a real big break from all of the heat and humidity toward the end of end of August. With uh, And if you saw this morning, all of a sudden the, the upper flow is pretty well zonal or flat and doesn't really. Right. It, it, went, it went every other run. And then I think it, I forgot which the zero Z, one of them had the deep trough and one of them didn't. I think the 6Z brought the deep trough back into play and then, the, and then maybe the 12Z took it out. I. Yeah, I mean that that is that's 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 down the road. That's yet to be resolved. So we'll keep we're going to watch this. So we'll see what the the, the hurricane center says. If they say anything different, they really haven't said too much different on their last couple of weather out tropical weather outlooks. Although they did add a mention now uh, a thirty percent probability of the last wave in this sweet sequence, the one moving off the African coast, 
uh, a 30% chance of it uh, developing over the uh, over the next five days. So here's here's what it looks like uh, where their little X's are on the uh, five-day tropical outlook. So you got 80% uh, chance for the Gulf, the uh, Caribbean system, the 90% uh, chance now of the system in the Central Atlantic, and a 30% chance of the one that is moving uh, off the uh, off the immediate coast. So um, <laughs> WPC, Mr. Rayo, does not have a whole lot of rain going on for the Northeast for the next seven days. They do have a ton of it down in Florida and in the Gulf of Mexico. And I think that reflects the uh, tropical action uh, and also east of the Florida coast down to the Bahamas. Uh, but for us here in the Northeast and Northern Mid-Atlantic states, it looks like a little bit of a break with regards to uh, rainfall, which uh, has actually been quite quite substantial over me the late, uh, over the last uh, few days. Yeah, look at all that, all that wet weather though that's located you know, literally surrounding the Florida Peninsula. I mean, uh, that's that's what, Joe. That's like two to three, three to four inches. Yeah, the red is three plus. So yeah. and the orange areas are all four and five inches. So it's it, it it's uh it's pretty sizable. And uh, the next um uh the, the next issue with regards to uh, the weather here in the east, which we'll take a look look at on. Uh, we'll switch the model perspective around. Uh, we'll start with the upper air and take a look at that. Incidentally, I, I don't want to make you feel old, Joe, but uh, today is the 29th anniversary of Hurricane Bob, which hit eastern Long Island. Yes. 29 years ago. That was a nice little forecast coup on my part, if I do say so. I remember going into uh, the executive producer on uh, going into that weekend. And there was a little blob of clouds down in the Bahamas, and and I, they didn't. No one believed me. It hadn't even. No, no one believed me. I said, "This thing is. This thing is going to become a, a, a hurricane and move up the coast." And no, and no one believed me. No one believe you now. <laughs> well, they they, they did. Uh, anyhow, here's uh, here's our upper air, and of course uh, the dominating East Atlantic Ridge. Uh, continues uh, across the uh, southern, the subtropical Atlantic. It's that same east-west ridge. And then the strongest part of the ridge is actually what's down in the southwestern part of the U.S., uh, which is going to shift a little bit eastward. So they get a little, some, uh, some of a, uh, somewhat of a break uh, in uh, parts of California and certainly points north. But looking at this late, the this is the 12Z run, which didn't really bring down that deep trough. It's a much flatter look. Like you said, it's more zonal. Uh, although the, the short waves keep wanting to swing into the eastern part of the United States, but uh, it was a flattish look. And I just take a look at the uh, new 18Z run to see if it uh, went back to that deep trough. Yep, back to the deep trough, Mr. Rayo. Look at that. Look at that. Wrapped up like an animal up in northern Maine. Whoa. Well, that's later in the period, but I'll roll back. It only goes to show you what I what I've been saying, and that is that you know the these uh, six and eighteen Zs are so far off the beaten trail from uh, what we saw, you know, just six hours earlier with the uh, primary run. So, you know, I I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really believe that. Well, I mean, this is reasonable. Show show it to me three or four days before the event, and if it's still well, I, look, all I'll say is we've already we've had we've had two deep two very deep troughs this month. So if it does happen, it wouldn't be out of step with what we've seen. But it is back there. But this is now it's a little bit further along. It had it on the prior runs, the weekend of coming in the last weekend. So that was August uh, 29th and 30th, and here at July least, 29th. what's that? You said uh, July 29th, 30th. I'm sorry, August 29th and 30th. Uh, had... July 29th and 30th, Joe. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh. I, I thought you were looking backwards. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm looking forward. No, this the, forward. Oh, the last weekend of the month, August 29th right. and 30th. Right. Yeah, uh, we do have some kind of shortwave that comes through that Friday. But yeah, it's nothing like what was being shown. That lifts out, and then it's the one behind it that it goes bonkers with, uh, with this wrapped up. Oh, I wonder if it has snow in Maine. <laughs> Just kidding. 
you know, I tell I tell you right now, we could use something like that because it looks like after a beautiful day tomorrow and a semi-decent day on Friday, we go right back into the steamer for Saturday, Sunday. And I think there's a chance maybe for New York City that we could be looking at like uh, a number of consecutive 90, de 90 degree days, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, near near 90 anyway. Well, I could see I could see temperatures on any or all of those days next week, at least at Central Park, getting to 90 degrees. I, you know, but I, I don't see 95, but I could certainly see approaching that uh, that 90 plateau. No, yeah, 90. Yeah, I, I know 90. I could buy. No, it was what we were saying yesterday that it might get up. We might have a few days back up around 90, but it doesn't look like it's going to be something where it, you know pushes up to 94 or five. I think that's that's still, I think that's still valid. I'm just trying to gauge here because you know we we have, you know we have a couple of weak fronts that 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 move on through, but they don't really do very much. They don't really have much with them. The highs behind them are fairly weak, and we may have to wait until later next week before you finally get something of value, and that would be for whatever was going to be setting up for next weekend. So uh, I think I th there's not too much more we can say really with regards to uh, all the. Uh, elements out there with respect to our future uh, other than uh, other than the fact that the tropics are the obvious big variable and that is not going to you know we're not going to really know too much out of that until we finally get something to develop if something develops so um, we just sit back here at this point and wait and see what happens and I just want to pull up Joe just in case let's take a look at the radar in case there's something on there that we need to be worried about <laughs> that's, that we're not anticipating. Uh, but no, uh, it is uh, relatively quiet tonight in Kentucky and West Virginia. It's not loaded like it was yesterday with uh, stuff moving to the northeast. There's some showers and storms scattered through the uh, Carolinas and down through Georgia and off the Florida East Coast, uh, up uh, back through uh, Texas. We've got got some showers actually moving from north to south, and that's because of their the, they're on the eastern side of that big upper high. Uh, it's not often you see echoes moving north to south in that part of the world. And in fact, take a look at this. Uh, these echoes here. This is we. This is this is uh, interesting. Your upper high and these echoes are all rotating around it in a clockwise fashion, getting showers and thunderstorms over the top and along uh, uh, along the bottom of the high and on either side of it. That's pretty cool. Kind of like the ring of fire, so to speak. Yeah, right? only yeah. with storms going on around it. And there's actually even still a few storms that's popping up on the radar parts of California today. Another day where they've got them scattered uh, in the uh, inland spots in the southwest. So it's a pretty interesting phenomena. You know, we don't really pay a lot of attention to the weather out in the west because we're eastern folks. Um, so we're not over, you, you, we're not really all that familiar with how things work in that part of the world. That part of the world, again, during uh, especially uh, June, July, August, you know, you don't think of you, you think of that as the as the desert, the desert southwest. And meanwhile, uh, they get it uh, seasonally. They get some occasional, you know, potent thunderstorms. The so-called monsoon season. Yep. I'm not, I think I think monsoon season though is coming to an end now. I, uh, at least in that part of the that part of the world, they usually start petering out as we get into later August and as we move into September. Well, we are back up full screen. Uh, I. Uh... Noticed, by the way, we did get, uh, yeah, uh, we've got some super chat hits to acknowledge. Steve LaPointe, thank you, and he gives you special congrats on your 1,000 subscribers. Jason Kaplan, thank you so much for hitting super chat. Uh, Scott Briller, uh, also hitting super chat. Uh, we've got uh, a hit from Nick Cortez, uh, and there's one more, but it's below the screen. I can't see it. Brandon, Brandon Doherty. Brandon Doherty. Thanks, guys, all for hitting super chat tonight. Joe and I. Uh, really appreciate it greatly. And uh, we'll do a little Briller Jeopardy at this point. Uh, so uh, here we go. Are you are you ready? Uh, the, I'm uh, all set. I'm what's, all... what's that? I said I'm all set. I almost wish it could be like the old Jeopardy <clears throat> where I could actually have a slate. <laughs> and I <could> yeah. write <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, by the way, tonight's Briller Jeopardy uh, is brought to you by Timothy Veltman who is one of our regulars on the chat board, and he is subbing for uh, Scott Briller, who's on another COVID run. 
uh, tonight. So uh, we wish him well and uh, stay safe. Are you sure? Because I saw Scott on on the chat board a little while ago. Oh, I think he, I think he oh I'm gave. sorry. Oh, you know what? I didn't read this correctly. I'm sorry. I take it back. Tomorrow is his COVID run. I'm okay. sorry. No, it's uh, Briller Jeopardy. The category is Albany Records, uh, which is with thanks to Timothy Veltman, who's one of our regulars here. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'll, you know what? I'm thinking I got my peaches and my wine waiting for me in the fridge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what is the highest and lowest temperature ever in Albany? Well, I would say since the highest in New York City is 106, and they're they're inland, and I think that they certainly are capable of getting almost as high as that. I'll I'll say a, I'll say for the all time high, uh, one hundred and four, and for the low temperature. Ding 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 ding. It was one hundred and four. Well, yes. Do I get five? Do I get the? No, five you you. Well, what do they give you when you when you're when you're one of the first four contestants bidding and you hit the you get the exact price? What do you get? A hundred dollars. I think it's five hundred. Now it's five hundred. It used to be a hundred. I think it's yeah. It used to be a hundred. So, right, so you get five. Now. So it's five hundred now. Okay. And, in, and back in the olden days, you know, you'd get up on stage, and Bob Barker would say, "Reach into, Reach into the, the pocket. pocket." Yes. And and then that that apparently that got somebody really upset that he was telling them to do that, and so Drew Carey now. If you hit it on the nose, Drew Carey has to reach into his own pocket. Oh, and he, he brings out a wad of bills with a rubber band around it, right. and then it pulls and it out. Hand them, you know. Okay. Oh, God. All it's right. Not politically, it's not politically correct to reach into somebody's pocket for money, I guess. Never mind. Uh, 15, <laughs> below, 15 below is the all-time record in New York, but Albany, I know, is capable of getting a lot lower than 15 below. So I'm going to say, uh, for the all-time record low in Albany, I'm going to say minus 24. Well, but by prices now, wait a minute. Now, by prices right rules, minus twenty four is actually over, so you would you lose. Uh, it's minus twenty eight. Oh, well. Okay, the most snowfall in one winter in Albany. Yes. Well, once again, Boston a few years ago got like a hundred and some odd inches, and I know Albany possibly could get even higher than that. So I'm, and and sometimes they may even get you know, some renegade lake effect. Um, I'll say 100 and 112 inches. Very good. 112.5. 112.5? Yes. I was half an inch off. Yes. Wow. There's another joke in there, but I'm not going to touch it. Um, <laughs> what, what was what was Albany's longest heat wave? You know, again, I've been using New York City as the comparison and knowing where, what Albany is capable or not capable of doing. Our, I think New York City's longest heat wave is 12 days. And um, is it possible that Albany could have, being inland and away from the water, um, a slightly more? I, or I'll say, I'll say 15. 10. 10. 10. All right. By the way, the year of the... Um... 112.5 inches was in the winter of 1970-71. Okay. In that same winter, Albany recorded the most consecutive days of temperatures below of, uh, of, of, of temperatures below zero or below. So I'm guessing the low temperature was below zero. So how many days in a row was that? And I would assume that was probably like the morning low that they did. Yeah. But you're, you're not saying that they stayed below zero. No, I, I can't imagine they did. No, but, they, they um, couldn't do no, that. No, but, but it, it's most consecutive days of zero or below, so I'm assuming that that's the low temperature. Right. Um, I'll say five. It's actually a pretty big number. I was kind of st – it's a, it, it's a big number. Fifteen. Fifteen's consecutive now, zero now when you zero? think of Now, when you think about it, though – if that winter was their snowiest winter on record right. and they had a ton of snow cover on the ground, it's quite possible that they, they had you know, night, uh, night after night of radiational cooling. Wow. Well, I'm not saying all 15 of those nights was radiational cooling. There were probably a few air mass changes in the mix. But I used to, I used to listen to WGY back in those days, you know, uh, there at, um, 
where where's WGI? GY is actually a Schenectady. Right. And uh, but they used to get the the forecast and readings from Albany County Airport. So I'm wondering why I don't remember. Well, maybe it's because in New York City we didn't have particularly a lot of snow. I think New York City that year, 70, 71, we probably had, you know, lots of snow changing to rain events. Yes. Or maybe events where it was just this close to being snow, but it was more just a cold rain. And just north of us, you know, that's where it was cold enough. That's why Albany got all of that, uh, all of that snow. Brandon Doherty says his wife loves us, but she also calls us the grumpy old weather guys. Yeah. I don't know that I'm, we're grumpy. You're grumpy. I don't know that I'm grumpy. I'm grumpy. You're I'm grumpy. grumpy. I'm guy. I got, I got grumpy this morning when I saw that thunderstorm. And I said, "There you go." You know, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. We. I, I, I think we're up most of the time. I just some days I have to. I mean, to be honest, because you know we're doing we we do this show at least five days a week, and some days, some weeks six, and some weeks seven. Uh, it, Every once in a while, I have a tough time trying to kind of motivate myself. It seems like once I get the get started, uh, I'm okay. But uh, lately, I've been getting very tired around five or five o'clock or five thirty in the afternoon, wanting to just like take a nap. Why, Joe? Because you get up at five in the morning and run ten, walk ten miles. Which I didn't do today because uh, because because of all that stuff that was on the radar. And then, of course, it, yeah. it started, it, it didn't pour, but it did rain. It, it rained hard here for a short period of time. So I couldn't, I couldn't even walk today. Right. So maybe I was just, I'm missing that. I, I, I missed my walk and, you know, usually it gives me a, a, an energy boost. I was planning to take it later, you know, during the late afternoon, but um, that didn't happen. So I'll be back on the road tomorrow morning. I believe it. Well, tomorrow morning, you may need a light jacket or maybe a sweater or something because it, I, I think out your way will probably be in the mid and low 50s maybe uh, well maybe up here it'll probably be you up there yeah. I, he, yeah up here in the, in the in the late summer and early fall because the water the ocean the ocean and sound water are so warm it's hard it, it, at least initially it doesn't always radiate as efficiently here as you as it as it does say, in the uh, late fall, in the winter, and in the spring months. I'm just looking at the Briller Jeopardy question for you. Okay. For Wednesday. And uh, the fir- out of the box, Scott's uh, first question for you is, what year did the first iPhone come out? The first the iPhone? First, the first iPhone. 2000, well... Hmm. Oh, I'm, I want to say 2002 or 2003. Yeah, a little bit too far back, Joe. I mean, 2000, 2008? That's closer, 2007. Seven, okay. Because um, Steve Jobs died, I believe, in 2011. And he, he, uh, he came back to Apple... You know, he was thrown out of Apple by the board, and then they brought him back. And I think he was brought back in 2002 or 2003. And this on a day, by the way, that Apple, um, uh, which just a handful of months ago got to, no, when did it get to its trillion-dollar valuation? I think it was back uh, in 2018. So it, it is now, a, today, it hit a, 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 for a, a while today, the company was valued at over $2 trillion. Lovely. Not bad for somebody who started his company in the back in, in his in his garage, right? Yeah, ex- yeah, <laughs> and, and just 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 from the standpoint of, of valuations, of course, you know, Tesla stock for has been a marvel to watch, and I think it's just under nineteen hundred a share now. But in terms of how much it's increased in value over the last couple of weeks, uh, it works out to Elon Musk. Elon Musk, which is who's now the fourth richest person on earth, uh, in the last four weeks, his his net worth increased eleven million dollars an hour. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, I can't even fathom that. Eleven million dollars an hour, <laughs> right? That's crazy. 
That's crazy stuff. It is. Yeah, that's a, that's a million dollars like every five, every six minutes. In the length of the, here, and here, we're 46 and here, minutes into this show, Joe. At that rate, we should have at least a million dollars. Let's let's round it off to 48. So we would have gotten to, we should have $8 million uh, between us. <laughs> Our value has increased by $8 million just in the length of the show. Indeed. Yes. Well, we know that reality ain't happening. No. Uh, <laughs> so question number, question number two is that the first music CD that came out in the United States was in 1984. Who was the first artist to release a CD? And it's your lucky day. You get multiple choices. And. Okay. Well, what are the choices? Well, I'm not sure what he means by that. Does that mean that I have to give you the, the multiple choices and you have to pick which one is which? Or... I guess, okay, yeah. I guess, I guess so. That's how multiple yeah, choice works. You, and you have you know to give me a choice. Because, because these, these questions, sometimes they, they're all like... Well, you're reading them in the chat, but when you read it on the on Messenger, yeah, they're all kind of compressed. So you're right. going like this. It's five or six words to each line. And, the, and you know, you have to make sure you see the period or the comma. I right. get it. Go on. All right. So, again, the first artist to release a CD... And it's uh, it, this was the first the first music CD came out in the United States in 1984. Who was the first to release a CD? Here's your lucky day. You got multiple choices. Answers: A. Beatles. No. B. Billy Joel. No. C. Madonna. Yes. D. Bruce Springsteen. I'm gonna say Madonna. You're gonna say Madonna? Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> really? Who was it? It was it was uh, Mr. Springsteen. Really? Yes. All right. Well, I hey, it could have been Madonna. It, if, if if it said the answer was Madonna, that's what 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 uh, the chairman, uh, Mr. Briller, said. I would have believed Madonna, but it, he says it was Bruce Springsteen. So. All right. There you go. Was that the last question? Uh, no. the The final, the final Jeopardy the final question, question is is um, what was the highest and lowest temperature ever in Nassau, the Bahamas? Oh, good Lord. Um, <clears throat> so Nassau, Bahamas, I'll say, because they're out there, and I'll say 90, I'll, I'll say 96 for the high and for the low. I'll say, well, in 1977, when that big cold front went down with that big Arctic air that brought snow flurries to Miami. Right. So I'm going to say, I, I, I'm going to say like 45. Well, the highest was 98. I missed out by two. And the lowest was 41. Oh, so I was four too high. Well, those aren't too bad. Those guesses weren't okay. too shabby. No. They weren't too shabby. Yes. All right. And so thank all of you. Thank Mr. Mr. Briller and thank all of you for uh, the congratulations on reaching 1,000. So now I have to sit sit here and make a determination now of what I do now when I got that I have a thousand. So well, we'll discuss that. Um, anyway, I'm just noticing that the new tropical weather outlook is out, and the Hurricane Center, uh, with uh, um, noting as we pointed out that the convection's been increasing with the one in the Caribbean now, the Caribbean that's in the Central Caribbean. And uh, the Hurricane Center says this system is gradually becoming better organized and a tropical depression is likely to form uh, in the next couple of days when the system reaches the Northwest Caribbean. I just, you know what, watch, watch that one because of the, the outflow set up in the Gulf of Mexico, I think, is set up for that, that to, uh, to, to, to intensify. I don't care what the models do with it. Uh, that, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, that's my prediction. Um, and also, uh, the, the uh, satellite images indicate that the low 850 east of the windwards is becoming better defined. In addition, the associated shower and thunderstorms are showing signs of organization. So it really just needs to tighten up a bit, and a tropical depression could be forming. So they, they may be getting ready to pull the trigger on this one, uh, perhaps if not at 11 o'clock, uh, maybe at 5 a.m. Uh, on, uh, on Thursday. 90% probability for both of those. And now on the one coming off the African coast, which is still on, the X is still on land, by the way, uh, the uh, 
Uh, tropical, you know, they just say some slow development is possible. They now have a 10% prop chance uh, in the next two days and a 40% chance now in the next um, in the next five. So, uh, so we're looking at Laura. We're looking at Marco and possibly Nana Road. Nana. Nana. Yes. All right. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for those of you uh, for uh, Steve Lapointe, Jason Kaplan, Scott Briller, Nick Cortese, and um, Brandon Doherty for hitting super chat tonight. Uh, very much appreciated. And we will uh, see you tomorrow at seven o'clock Eastern Time. We'll be we'll be telling everybody the how beautiful the weather was. Oh wait, on hold on one second. Hold on one second. We yes. have someone that. We have someone on the chat board, um, Anthony. Anthony, if you're still on, unhide Graham Cracker. Okay, there's someone who's calling himself Graham Cracker, and his, his two uh, two th uh, comments that were hidden. I have, I can see them; they're unhidden. The first one is says, "Is this a joke?" And then the second one says, "Who are these hacks?" <laughs> we're <laughs> hacks now. We must have made it to the big world because we're hacks. So go ahead, unlock Mr. Graham Cracker. I have a couple of pie re recipes that I could use Graham Cracker crust to grind <laughs> up with. You know, I, I will just tell you one thing, as I noticed, if you're going to write, if you're going to write a comment, you know, there were people who just apparently just spend their entire lives acting like trolls. Um, but you already, you already know when, because they type in capital letters. Thank you, Anthony. So, Mr. Graham Cracker, if you happen to be still on, uh, the hacks are here to uh, listen to whatever intelligent thing you could possibly have to say. I should have I should have drank my wine and eaten my wine-soaked peaches before then before before this if I knew this was coming ahead of time. Oh, good lord. Oh, well, whoever it was must have went away because either that or I've stunned them to silence. Brendan Doherty says, hacks and the grumpy old weatherman. Yeah, we're grumpy. I know. And you're right, Joe. It's probably getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. It makes, makes me kind of tired by the time we get to this hour of the day. Hey, I've had in recent days, Joe, I haven't gone to bed until 4 o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah, see, I couldn't. Uh, that I couldn't do. No, I just saw a guy I'd plop, plop in the bed, and every 15 minutes I look at the what the digital you know, clock says now. Oh, it's 2.18 now, you know, the, the 30 minutes later. So in between, of course, you know, breaks to go uh, to the, oui, oui. Uh, the Quattro de Bagno. Yes. So. You have to go to the sandbox. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, let's leave it at that before we degenerate into another level here. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, have a great night. And um, that's it. Have a great night. <laughs> Nighty night.